0: Greetings, everybody. How are you all doing? Hopefully, you guys are doing well out there. My name is Chris Kiefer. This is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC.com Kiefer Tested Podcast presented by Fly Racing and Race Tech. I appreciate the download, and of course, I appreciate the subscription to this show. We have lots of fun here. We talk trash. We laugh. And you know what? We have a lot of information about dirt bikes on this show. That's what we try to provide for you here. Laughs, information, and just a damn good time. Motorcycling is meant to be fun. A little bit serious at times, but most importantly, fun. I'm here to bridge the gap between your wallet and the purchase to make sure you guys out there are purchasing the right stuff. And today, you know what we're going to talk about? 2020 450 MX Shootout Bracket. It's the last bracket in round one. KTM 450 SXF versus the Husqvarna FC 450. Man, it was a close one today. I'm not going to let it out right now, but you guys will listen to the interviews with these three riders. Really fun interview, lots of information, different types of guys. But first things first, let's pay some bills here. RockyMountainATVMC.com is the... Premier shopping destination for all of us out there. It's the trusted online source for parts, accessories, gear for dirt bikes, side by sides, ATVs, and street bikes. Low prices, unparalleled customer service, and free three day shipping over 75 bones. It's so easy to see why Rocky Mountain is the premier shopping destination for all of us out there. Please go shop at Rocky Mountain They are good people, great company. Low prices. I do my shopping there as well. I buy Oakley brake lenses. I buy tires. I even bought my son a set of gear last week. So I purchased there as well. And of course, I wouldn't be pushing that on you unless I believed in them. So go check them out. RockyMountainATVMC.com You know who else I believe in? I believe in fly. FlyRacing.com Go check out everything they have because they have a – oh, my gosh. They have a lot. can't even say that word. But you know what? Gear, hard parts. I mean, are you a jet skier? Are you a snowmobiler? Are you a bicyclist? They got it all. Go check them out. Flyracing.com. I get excited about this stuff. You guys know me. I love gear. Light hydrogen is so good looking. For 2020. I'm not a black type of gear guy. But I love the new black and white stuff. That Fly has out right now. Light hydrogen. Black and white. Go look at it. It goes with every single motorcycle out there. You can't mess it up. It's good stuff. Flyracing.com Racetech. racetech Racetech.com Old bike. New bike. Vintage bike. Whatever you guys have in your garage. Racetech can do it. Suspension. Engine services. They do it right, they do it well, they do it with a smile, they're all enthusiasts, they all go riding on the weekends, good people, go check them out, Racetech.com, Chris at KieferIncTesting.com, hit me up, you guys want a discount from Racetech, and we will do that for you. So, we are here again today with the last round, actually, the last bracket of round one, I apologize for that. And it was the KTM versus the Husky. It was probably the closest battle out of all of the the brackets that we had so far. And not because you guys out there think that these bikes are the same. That's BS. I don't care who you are or what you say. Maybe on paper they're close-ish. But they feel different on the track. I spent a lot of time on these bikes, guys. And look, a swing arm, a subframe. Suspension, muffler, even ECU changes. These things have a lot of differences between them. Handlebars, there's a lot of differences. I think all they really have, honestly, is a frame, triple clamps, and engine is shared. Obviously, wheels and stuff. But there's a lot of key components that are different that makes the bikes feel different from one another. And that's why we... Uh, we wanted to put these things up, one and up against each other, because most of you guys out there think, "Hey, it's the same bike. Just get whatever uh, dealership gives you the best price. Go grab that color." That's not true. So we grabbed Colton Eck, Joe Aloff, and Big Air Todd Shakwa. Different types of riders, uh, different weights. Big Air Todd is one sixty. Joe's around one ninety, and Colton is one seventy. We always set these bikes in these brackets. We set them up for the middle-weighted rider in SAG. And then the, all of them can change clickers, air pressure settings, whatever they want. But the SAG has to be in the middle ground for all three. Why do I do this? You guys listen to this before. You guys already know. But if you're new to this, this is how we do it in the OEM manufacturer testing world. Two or three riders, we set them up for the middle-weighted guy. Um, Let's say there's only me and one other guy. I'm the lighter of the two. We set it up for me. The SAG goes for me. So I'm 170. We have a 180 type of guy. That 180 guy goes off of my SAG reading. I want to do that because of track toughness. You guys know that phrase. Glen Helen is well-known for a track that is very difficult to set up. Hills, sand, hard pack, square edge, breaking bumps, Shallow ruts, deep ruts, one of the best testing tracks that there is. I will give MXA a nod on that because they do test a lot of their stuff there, and that's legit, straight up. Manufacturers, I would say five out of the six go to Glen Helen to test. It's a really good – if you have a setting that's pretty damn close to Glen Helen, it's going to work well everywhere. I don't care if you're East Coast or whatever. For a production world, I'm not saying you're a race team guy, okay? Because obviously, when you go fast and you go back east, it changes a little bit. But for most of us, if we could set our bike up at Glen Helen, it'll be pretty decent for you everywhere, at least in North America. You know, I'm not saying the tire world, but it's pretty damn close. So that's why I chose to go to this track at round one for every bike and see how it fares. So, in this podcast, as usual, we have fun, guys. This is a tailgate talk. I enjoy this type of stuff. I can bullshit with my buddies. We can talk about bikes. They're open and honest. These three guys are quality human beings. There's no bullshit. If you guys know Joe Aloff, he is just, he's an East Coast boy. He's in his 40s. He's no bullshit. <laughs> we talk about a few things. Of course, as always, we get off subject and we talk about other stuff, which you can listen to in this in this podcast as well, but... Uh, He's just—he's the type of blue-collar guy that goes by a dirt bike, and he wants to keep it for three to four years. Colton is a privateer pro. I like to throw those guys in there from time to time as well because, uh, one, he's a good kid. Two, he has a good feeling of a motorcycle, and he's open and honest with me, so I like that. And, of course, Big Air Todd, I'll be straight up with you guys. He is not very good on notes. Todd is not very good on notes. If you guys could see my face... When I read Big Air Todd's notes, it's not pretty. Ask my wife. She comes home. She's like, what's wrong? She's like, oh, you're reading Todd's notes. Look, Todd is awesome on the microphone. He's no bullshit. Sometimes he's so unfiltered I have to pump the brakes on him, but I like that. I like that no BS stuff that we always try to bring you guys on this podcast, but his notes are lacking. It's hard for him to describe things in testing terms, so I'm working with him on that. But between those three guys, it was very, very close. I don't want to reveal it here, but listen to the whole show. You'll you'll find out who wins and moves on to round two. Round two is next week. And what I decided to do, because this is something different, something fun, I'm going to put the top three bikes against each other, and that's how we're going to find a winner. So instead of going head-to-head, we're going to go head-to-head-to-head. Three-way. Booyah! For those of you guys listening, if you haven't had a three-way, we're going to do it next week. oh Making dreams come true over here at Kiefer Inc. <laughs> I never had one, so it's my first time next week, too. So, three-way battle between the winner today and, of course, the Kawasaki and the Yamaha. And then what we're going to do is we're going to stick the bottom three up against each other, and we're going to rank those suckers, so... It's almost like an A main and a B main. That's what we're going to try to do. Just something different. Gosh, let's do something different. I'm excited about it. Makes me want to try to work harder. It's not so stale. And from the emails that I get and from the people that I talk to at the track, it seems like you guys like it as well. Just something different. And, of course, you guys always know, if you guys have questions about any of these bikes, hit me up on my email, chris at or go on my site, and look up the baseline startup settings. We will always do that for you guys and get you guys a startup setting so you guys can get on the track and have a good time. But we're here to try to please you guys, try to give you guys some information, have some fun, you know, create some laughs. We're just all dudes riding dirt bikes. I'm just in a position where I've been doing it a long time and I have a really good feeling and I want to share that with you guys, share my knowledge. So These are the reasons why we're trying to do new things over here. So tell your buddies, tell your friends that we're trying to do stuff new. Spread the word. Hopefully it grows like wildfire and we'll keep doing new things over here. I'm excited about doing off-road stuff. That is coming up. But I like these head-to-head battles because it really breaks down the bikes. It gives riders a less biased opinion. If you have all the bikes together, I feel like... One guy that rides one bike a lot will be more biased towards that bike. I've kind of learned that over my years as well. So this kind of eliminates those things. You got two bikes, three riders, straight-up opinions. Come along with us, guys. It's like you guys are sitting on the back of the tailgate with us. We're just bullshitting. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. Listen carefully. A lot of cool things in this podcast. But uh, we'll be back next week to crown that winner, second and third. Have a little podium pie. But thank you guys for listening. Support these advertisers that are on this show. It helps us keep this thing moving in the forward direction and not backwards. It's fun for me to do. I get excited. I still love coming to work. This this gets me motivated. Hearing from you guys, your emails, and you guys at the track that come up to me, it gets me motivated. It gets me hyped up. And I've had a lot of great, new, fresh ideas from you. So keep those coming in as well. Man, I can't believe some of the things I haven't thought of and I've got some emails the past couple of weeks that have been really good ideas. So I'm going to use those, and we're going to create new shows and articles. So thank you, guys. I appreciate it. All right, stay tuned. Colt, Joe, and Big Air, here we go. A Purple MX
1: Network production.
2: This is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC Kiefer Tested Podcast. The podcast you come to for the straight insight on all things motocentric, Hard parts, bikes, gear, suspension, motor mods, and more. It's keeper Tested. Here he is, Chris Kiefer.
0: All right. Last round of round one in the bracket 2020 450 MX Shootout Bracket Series. I am here with Colton Ack. That's how you say it? No. How do you say it? You've been saying it wrong for years. How do you say it? Eck. Eck. So the A is silent.
1: Yeah. That's silent lame.
0: A. It's a dumb last name. I don't know what to tell you, dude. <laughs> I'm stuck with it. What is so, it? Colton, Colton Eck.
1: Yeah, Joe
0: Loff. The O is an A. Oh, my God. There's a lot of and I got, dude, I just realized this. All your guys' last names are really hard to pronounce. Shakwa, I mean, you can't even spell it. You can't spell Shakwa. Can you? S-C-I-A-Q-U-A.
2: Close. Oh. You missed
0: it. All right. So anyway, Todd Shakwa, Joe Aloff, and Colton Eck. That's good enough, right? Yeah, that'll work. All right. Colton, um, you haven't been a big fan of steel frame bikes in the past, right? Uh, I wouldn't go that far. Um, I remember liking the Husky
1: uh, 250F a few years ago. Um, But generally, yeah, they're... They're usually down near the bottom on my list. Uh, Give me your stats real quick before we keep trucking along here. Um, I'm 6' tall, 175 pounds, 24-year-old, racing pro.
0: Pro guy. So we had a vet guy that is a fireman, which we talked about last round, which you guys know, Joe. And then we have Big Air Todd, Electric Diesel, if you guys know him from previous shootouts. He is also a senior rider, right? Yes. Okay. And then we have Colt is the pro guy here. He's the fast guy. So I always like to have one really fast guy and then two normal Joe average dudes that would actually go buy a motorcycle. Because, well, you buy your motorcycles too, Colt, right? I sure do. Yeah, unfortunately, that's the (laughs) tough part. (laughs) Yeah, so, all right, let's get right down to it. KTM Husqvarna FC 450 versus KTM 450 SXF. What you got? Uh, I picked KTM. Okay, why? Before we start this here, it's really important for you guys to learn out there listening to these things. Even though on paper both bikes are similar. Husqvarna and KTM do not like to be compared as one bike. It's two separate bikes. The differences are muffler, swing arm, airbox, subframe, handlebars, suspension settings. So there is quite a bit of difference between the bikes. Even though they they share the same engine, the same frame, there is other differences that really make a difference. So um, why the KTM over the Husqvarna?
1: Well, uh, just my initial first impression within the first two laps, uh, the KTM was just a lot more comfortable for me. Um, the suspension's a little bit on the stiffer side. Uh, the power's better. And uh just, you know, had... Uh, when you say the power's better, like, where at in the power does the KTM
0: feel better to you?
1: The KTM just has a little bit more bark, uh, a little more throttle response. Um, it's just, yeah, just got a little more grunt right off the bottom. The... Mid to top is not quite as good, maybe, as the Husky. Okay. Um, but that's I like to ride in the low end. So like you that. like
0: a little bit more excitement out of your engines, hence the reason why you ride a Honda CRF four hundred and fifty, which is yeah, exactly. a shit ton of that there. Yeah. Right. So, um, is that the sole purpose of your pick? Is engine feel, or is there other things on the bike that you like more about it than the uh, Husky?
1: Yeah, I mean, big one's engine. Um, that's you know the biggest difference I feel between the two bikes, but also suspension wise. I just found like I could push and just felt a lot more comfortable on the KTM. KTM suspension holds up more? It does. Uh it holds up. I'm still get a little bit of blow through in the end of the stroke, uh, front and rear. Um but that's pretty typical on almost any stock bike
0: for me. What were the changes that you made to the suspension today? Uh and we're at by the way, we're at Glen Helen today again. We did all the round one tests here at Glen Helen because as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, uh Glen Helen is a big-time testing area slash riding area for all the manufacturers, so that's why we come here. So, mm-hmm. anyway, sorry, go ahead. Uh, where were we? Oh, what would you change on the suspension? Ah, suspension. Okay.
1: So, uh, initially, first went out, and I went three clicks stiffer uh, on the fork on compression. Okay. And then that kind of felt like it unbalanced the bike, uh, so I ended up stiffening the high speed in the right. rear. Yep. Uh, that balanced me out, and I felt like I could corner better and, you know. Uh, it held up better as well. And that was really it. Um, I was really happy with the stock stock settings. Yeah, I mean, what about
0: the KTM cornering ability? You're used to a good cornering bike. Honda's a good cornering bike. Well, how do you feel like the KTM... and the, Is both of those bikes similar in that category? Is one corner better than the other?
1: They're similar. Uh, to me, the Husky corner just a little bit better. Okay. And I think part of that is because the suspension setting, I feel like, is a little bit softer on the Husky. It settles a little bit better. Um, but, you know... For me, the KTM was still better all around. Uh, I felt
0: like, like I said, I could push
1: better and just had more confidence on it.
0: Uh, Difference between Husqvarna and KTM as far as... We talked a little bit about this today. Rider Triangle area, the cockpit. The cockpit. Yeah. Uh, So, uh,
1: the first bike I rode today was a KTM. So, just got on it, felt good. Initially, when I got on the Husky, it felt smaller. I felt like I was more on top of the bike, and uh, it was... A little bit easier to maneuver underneath me. Um, the the cockpit's just a little bit smaller on the Husky. The bars are a little feel a little closer to you and a little bit lower. Um, whereas the KTM feels like a, a bigger bike. It's made feels like it's made for a taller person. It's a little more spread out and stretched out. We talked
0: about damping in the bars between the bars. Do you notice those? I don't. I, okay. I wish I
1: could say I did, but I, I don't.
0: Uh, a pro tipper bar for me just flexes more. I'm a big. Uh, I'm a hater when it comes to that neck and bar. I talk a lot of shit on that bar. I don't want those people to get mad at me, but, like, the thing just doesn't. I feel like I have more vibration on a KTM versus I have a Husky. Yeah, I, I didn't notice that at all. Um, what about sound? <laughs> Muffler sound? Anything out there that seemed seem different to you? Because, obviously, the air box is a little bit different on the Husqvarna than the KTM. Yeah, I think the KTM makes it, has a little bit more intake noise. It's got you know those
1: big holes on the side panel. Um, but Let's I mean,
0: talk about that too. So you tried different side panels. I did. And what do you think?
1: So contrary to what I thought it would do, um, the closed off side panel actually gave it just a little bit more uh, in the bottom end. Okay. Like rolling on out of a turn, exiting the turn, I felt like it had just a little bit more pickup there, um, which. I was thinking it would be op- the opposite. I would have thought that more air would have meant more throttle response, but it was actually... And,
0: uh, and you're, you're right, actually. And some On some other bikes, it does. And I was with you when I originally tried it, and I was like, wow, I can't believe I actually got a little bit more bottom in because that's the reason why they did it. Husqvarna and KTM went mm-hmm. that direction is to create more air, which is to help that low end, which people kind of want. And uh, it only helped, for me, pulling power. Um, With the airbox open, you know, how mm-hmm. pulling power up, up on top, but low end, closed off, felt a little bit better.
1: Yeah, I, I agree 100%. Uh, I like the, the power character better with the closed off uh, side panel.
0: So. Yeah. All right, Joe Aloff, he is uh, Fire Police National Champion. Oh, Vice Champion. Pingree beat you. <clears throat> yep,
3: Pingree. Good old Ping. Thanks, Ping.
0: Yep. Uh, give us your stats.
3: I am 5'10", 195 pounds, uh, 43 years old, and I'm a vet, whatever I am, pro expert. You
0: uh, you bought a KTM.
3: I did. A couple of years ago, I bought a KTM uh, factory edition.
0: What year was that?
3: 17 and a half, so basically an 18.
0: And all pretty much your whole career in supercross and motocross... Besides early in the AM Leonard days, you were on Japanese bikes, correct?
3: Uh, yeah, for the most part. I had just a couple years stint on the KTM. Um, but, yeah, other than that, Honda, Kawasaki, Yamaha, Suzuki, I rode them all. So, KTM Husqvarna,
0: what you like? Glen Helen today.
3: It was a tough one for me. I went back and forth a couple times, but I ended up uh, deciding on the KTM.
0: Okay, and why... You went back and forth a couple times. I saw you out there, but why the last-minute decision on the KTM? Because you were leaning towards the Husky earlier, correct?
3: I was. I had a more of a comfort feel, and like I said, with my age and the, the amount of time I get to ride, me being comfortable is the biggest thing I look for. And if I don't feel like I'm comfortable enough to push, I don't have fun. So when I hopped on the, the uh, Husky, I instantly felt that. hopped on the KTM and, and didn't really have that. Uh, but in the end what made me choose the KTM over the Husky. I was able to make some changes on the KTM and uh, get more comfortable on it and then the motor being lively, you know, it's got good response, pulls hard, revs out you know, once it does reach its limit if you shift, you know, there's very good recovery time and it keeps pulling so uh, in the end that's kind of what did it for me. The, The Husky power is just a little too mellow and and sluggish
0: it's a deceiving power isn't it
3: it is i mean it it feels like you know the bike's quiet not revving not going anywhere and then suddenly you're in the next corner right so it's very deceiving it's strong so it's just it's just a little sluggish for me it's not exciting
0: you commented to me earlier in the day that you thought the the ktm's a little bit more of a rigid harsher stiffer feel than the husqvarna
3: yeah and I, i think it's just that's just the chat difference in the chassis, because um, like front, subframe, yeah, yeah, like front end or uh, straight line absorption and, and just pure bump absorption. You know, with the suspension, I was able to make the changes I needed to make. But uh, any kind of sweeping corners or, or um, leaning the bike, you know, trying to go around something, I just never had that compliance with the chassis on the KTM. And that's what I struggled with. Right. The the Husky seemed like it had more compliance, felt a little more connected to the ground, kind of in that, that box, felt a little deeper into the dirt. Um, the KTM seemed like it was always kind of skating around on top.
0: We talked about earlier in this, when we started this podcast, how on paper people may think this is the same bike. Colt and I f- feel like both bikes are pretty drastically feels different on the track for me you're not all the way on that page are you think they feel similar in in most
3: areas i do i I think kind of on paper and like what you said when you sit on it they feel somewhat similar uh the rider triangle is different the ktm is a little more spread out husky is a little more compact i actually felt a little more comfortable on the ktm like the rider triangle wise um and then you go ride them and, and they are different I don't want to say that they're the same bike. They are. There's distinct differences you can feel. I'm just not, it's not drastically different. Right. You know, like when you hop on, say, a Honda to a Cowie, there's drastic differences. You notice more yeah. differences. It's like, okay, I'm on a way different bike here. These two, you kind of hop on them, and like, okay. It feels somewhat familiar. Right. I'll take a lap, and then I'm used to it.
0: I didn't talk about this with Colt, but I'll we'll go back to Colt in a minute. What about hydraulic clutch? We didn't talk about the Magura. Um, The Husqvarna has uh, a Magura clutch, Mm -hmm. and the KTM has the Brembo. Do you notice any differences between the hydraulic clutches?
3: Uh, I don't. (laughs) I'm probably just fanning the crap out of the clutch anyway on either of them. Are
0: you a a clutch user?
3: Uh, I try not to be, but... I think it's something I can't avoid at times.
0: Do you rather, would you like a hydraulic clutch more than a cable pull? Yeah, for sure. And just because of consistency?
3: Consistency, and I just, I feel like I just have a better feel with the clutch, where it engages and all that stuff. It's just more more of a positive feel for me.
0: Go back to Colt. Um, I forgot to mention, you said something earlier today. Obviously, you ride Hondas, but the brakes. Dude, the brakes, man. First lap down the downhill.
1: I couldn't believe it. Like I could I feel like I could pull a whole nother gear down the downhill and still make the turn, no
0: problem. See, I feel like brakes get lost in bike tests. I mean we we dabble in them, we mention it. But one of my top five things to do on a Yamaha is put a Brembo system on a Yamaha, dude. It it, it changes mm-hmm. the way that bike rides. And it's funny you said that and I kinda smiled when you said that earlier today. I'm like Dude, I couldn't agree more. Like, there's so much control and power in a Brembo brake.
1: That's the thing. Like, man, I ride Hondas, and on my Honda, I feel like if I was braking that hard, I would be locking up, you know, locking the rear, locking the front. Right. I actually did stall it once on the KTM because I was I was pushing it, trying to see how far I actually could send it into a corner. But, yeah, like you said, there's just so much control, and it's so smooth but so powerful at the same time. It's, right. Dude, and it's, both it's brakes awesome.
0: obviously same feel the same to you. Yep. Uh, I What I like about the KTM and Husqvarna Is the little adjusters like It's the, so easy to adjust the lever How far in or out you mm-hmm. want it And you can do that with other bikes But it's not as simple yeah. There's just a lot of simple features on these bikes That make life a lot easier um, Going back to Joe Cockpit feel You're not the tallest dude
3: No, no, 5'10", so that's probably stretching it
0: Which bike do you, you prefer in the cockpit area?
3: Uh, I instantly, I, I can kind of get used to whatever, I guess that's growing up with a dad who was like, well, you crash and bent your bars, get used to it. So I, uh, I can get used to whatever after, after a while, but instantly hopping on them, I felt more comfortable on the, on the Husky as far as rider triangle went. And the cockpit, bar band is similar. feel.
0: Cockpit. Yep. Uh, there's millimeter differences between the bends. So, if you guys are out there listening to this and you guys are looking for a bend that's similar in a KTM style, you can go to a Pro Taper Husqvarna stock and Pro Taper sells that bend and it's damn near the same. So, obviously, the same thing goes for Husqvarna. If you guys are looking for another bar similar, you bend yours. Pro Taper has a Husqvarna stock bend. Um, what I like about a Pro Taper bar versus that bar is it's, it's a 4 millimeter wall. And the neck is a little bit thicker of a wall, so I can just feel that when I land. And like I said, we're all a little bit older besides Colt. That slap down feeling is obviously the air forks, that's not its best trait. I feel like it doesn't have as much comfort there as a spring fork, and I need some more dampening, and that bar helps me on that Husqvarna more. So.
3: Yeah, I did notice that. When you said the slap down feeling, I, I noticed it on both bikes kind of a, a hard hit. Yeah. When it slapped down, and, and then the. The Husky did feel a little more plush when that happened.
0: I'm going to spring something on you on the spot here.
3: Uh-oh. Seat.
0: Anything? You got something, Colt? Like give it, it to it Colt. Go ahead. Give it to Colt. Hold on. go. You got
3: something? Uh, I think, I, yeah, the Husky was better.
0: Why? Fuck. The Husky, I'm just talking about it. <laughs> my ass hurts. Look at well, him. Big Air Todd's chomping at the bit. He can't wait, dude. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just like the grip. Jesus, dude. You have no butt hair now. Like... That's all right. Damn.
3: Colt, you're not,
0: you're not Saving a fan money. Of spikes either?
1: No. So uh, this was a different test day, but we were testing the Husky 250, 350.
0: Yeah.
1: Man, I could not believe how sore my ass was after riding all day on that thing. I was like, dude, what, what is going on? Is it my pants? Is like, it what? What happened? And then I heard you on the podcast. You're like, it's the seat. And it just.
0: It clicked in my head, man. Yeah. The seat is so rough on your to ass. There's little spikes on those things, and it'll eat your ass up. It will. Tip for you guys out there. Do not manscape or shave your ass before you go ride a dirt bike.
3: Here's where the problem is. Oh, here. What I you know just what said. I know where he was going with this. <laughs> go ahead. This is, It's 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 motocross. Sorry, Colt. He's a millennial. Yeah. He's never going to have a, a tough ass. Why? Is a millennial? does that know.
0: mean? You come out when you when you come out of the womb, you know, your ass yeah. is soft. Just
3: because of the year you're born, it, your ass is soft. Yeah, it's just a rougher generation. Me and Big Air Todd here, he may not like the seat, but we come from a tougher generation. You manscape? No,
0: you oh, let it grow up. Because I'm there. a
3: man. There's no such thing as manscaping. No, here
0: we go. You're no, just she's...
3: feminine. Stop being feminine. <laughs> if you All wouldn't right. do these things, you would have a little tougher ass.
0: My I ride a lot. My ass is fine. I have a tough ass. I'm in the same bracket as you. I was born in the same era.
3: Yeah, but you were born in California, <laughs> land of the fruits and nuts. I came from the hardworking <laughs> blue collar Midwest, dude. We're just oh, hey, if anything, I'm not questioning that. We are thick skinned.
0: Yeah. So so no manscaping for you. You're out. Nah, I'm out. hair and all. You're good. Yeah. All right, there you have it. it. So if you have a tough ass and you're born, Run what's it. the cutoff date for a year? So people know listening.
3: I, I don't know what it technically is. It's like 80, so you're born from or
0: 1990 millennial. and later. You're soft, right?
3: Yeah, but if you don't act soft and you are hard, yeah, thick-skinned person, then we'll right. accept you into the greater generation. Okay.
0: So let's get back on topic here. It always seems to go somewhere. Hold on, we'll, hold on. We're we're almost. Yeah, we're gonna go to you in a second, but. <laughs> Someone said, hey, I'm offering you a KTM Husqvarna. It's it's a close battle between the two. You're like, ah, you like yeah. to see an orange fender.
3: Yeah, it was tough. I went, I probably flip-flopped four or five times a day, so okay. it was tough for me. You would two take either bike. Bikes. Yeah, yeah. We're
0: going to get you involved in the last bracket, the last three, but I feel like it's going to be tough because those three bikes, um, obviously KTM won today because you guys both K- KTM. Todd's got a different opinion, but KTM... Yamaha, Kawasaki, Colt said this, they're all my top three too. So yep. to me it's yep. really close. So um Yeah, I don't know man. It's it's tough because Husqvarna to me, I wouldn't bought a Husqvarna. I liked it so much. Mm-hmm. And I bought a Rockstar Edition. That's because the mellowness that you guys talk about, that easy low end feel, I like that. Because when the track gets to shit and you know we're here again at three o'clock in the afternoon at Glen Helen, I want that because I can roll stuff easier. You know, versus a Honda when we were here, very tough to ride at this time of day. So and when we talk we're splitting hairs here and we're talking about low end. There's either bike, KTM or Husqvarna, there's not a lot of excitement there. And you say yeah. KTM's a little bit more excitement, but that's in the realm of those two bikes, right?
3: Yeah. So, yeah.
0: But that's what's beneficial with these this KTM Husqvarna is the connectivity to the rear wheel with both of these bikes because there's so much of it, and that's why we always say it's deceiving because it doesn't feel like there's a lot of power. But, dude, you can come out of a corner and jump stuff easier because it's quiet, it's mellow, it doesn't have a bark.
3: Yeah, I did notice in a couple areas where it was really kind of coming out of a corner, a little jump section, it was really edgy, ruddy, hard pack, yeah. hard pack, slick. Um, and both bikes hooked up really well there. Like I was kind of first few laps coming in thinking, man, I'm, I'm going to catch an edge and it's going to kick back the other way as soon as I take off. But it really never did. So that part of it was cool having that smooth, trackable power coming out of those corn, uh, coming out of that corner in that section.
0: It's commercial time. Stay there, don't move. There's discount codes. It's good commercials. I mean, come on, it's only a few minutes of your life. Stick around, please. Hold on. Commercial time. Thanks to the guys over at 6D Helmets. That's right. They're on board with the KieferInkTesting.com. Kiefer Tested Podcast. We thank them for joining us. You have a street bike, a dirt bike, or do you pedal? You have a mountain bike. Head over to 6DHelmets.com. Check out the full line of helmets they offer. I'm sure they have a helmet for you. Hey, I get questions all the time. Kiefer, what helmet would you choose if you could pick one to buy? If you're going to spend your own money, Kiefer... Where are you going? While there are a lot of helmets that are safe out there, okay, I do feel the safest in a 6D helmet. I've had many crashes in my ATR1. I've had a couple in my ATR2, and it has done its job. It's advanced ODS technology. It's race-proven. I'm telling you guys, and it's light. The new ATR2, it comes in at 1,480 grams. It's fully rebuildable. Very cool colorways. I trust the guys over at 6D Helmets. Maybe you guys should too. Hit me up over at chris at KieferInkTesting.com. Maybe get a special discount code if you want to get a 6D. So please, guys, go check them out. 6D Helmets. Hit me up. Tell me how you like yours. And if you don't have one, maybe go get one. Thanks, 6D. Have you guys checked out bloodlubricants.com? If you haven't, B-L-U-D Lubricants.com. Go check them out. Three new series of oils, Blood Power Sport Series, the Blood Racing Pro Series, and the Blood Racing Pro Elite Series. I have Michael Allen here with me. We've been doing two different types of oils in our test bike. Mike has been doing the Blood Power Sport Series. Everything going good there? Everything's going good. I use it in all our test bikes, the ones that I prep and maintain, and uh, it runs a little cooler than production oils, and uh, I know you've done some testing with that. Yeah, so basically before Jeff and the guys came on board, I had to check legitimacy of this stuff. Because um, I didn't want no crap involved in key ring testing. Um, honestly, tried it. Was very surprised about the oil. Did some temperature readings. It was a little over 30 degrees cooler in my YZ450F compared to some other oils I've been running. So, the stuff is good. They sponsor over 250 racers from Enduro, Enduro Cross, Hair Scrambles, UTVs, Supercross now. they got some Supercross guys. So, go check them out. Bloodlubricants.com. Use the discount code KEEFER. And get some percentage off your oils. They'll ship them to you. Probably get a hat or two. You know, Jeff's a good dude. Go check him out. Bloodlubricants.com The one thing that bums me out about racing moto is waiting around all day just to do two or four motos. I don't want to be sitting at the track all day and have three hours in between my motos. Well, you know what? Old Timers Association has been around a long time, and the guys from Oregon Old Timers have come on board with this podcast and want me to talk to you about. Their series, very cool series. I've raced them before. They have 20-minute motos, long motos. Usually, you're done by 3 o'clock. You're in and out. You get to race, go home, finish your chores, spend time with your family, go do stuff with your wife, whatever it is. It's a fun, family-filled environment there. They have races all over. It's not just in Oregon. They have races in California, Glen Helen, Montana, Richland, Washington. They go to Hangtown. They go to Washington again in Washougal, which is very cool. And, of course, they go to British Columbia, Boise, Idaho, even Edmonton, Canada, and Fernley, Nevada. You can check out the series at OregonOldTimers.com, and you will even see me at a couple rounds this year. So check them out. Hey, Heather. Hey, Chris. Did you know that every two-stroke KTM and Husqvarna come with a Vertex piston in the engine from the factory? No, I did not. 65 years ago, Vertex piston was founded in a small technical workshop in northern Italy. Today... Because of their renowned reputation for exceptional quality, Vertex is an OEM supplier to KTM, Husqvarna, and more exotic brands like Beta, GasGas, and TM. No matter which brand of bike you ride with, when it's time to go ride or time to rebuild your top end, Vertex pistons will have your engine performing better than new. To see their full range of two-stroke and four-stroke pistons in replica, high-compression, or GP-style configurations, Visit them at VertexPistons.com or stop in your local dealer and ask for a Vertex Piston kit today. And if you guys want a discount code, hit me up, Chris, at com, and I've got one for you. Save some money. VertexPistons.com. Don't forget, FirePowerParts.com. You need a battery, chain, even oil? Go look at them. Very good stuff. Not as expensive. Save some money. We like that over here in Kiefer Inc. Testing. So firepowerparts.com. Have any questions? Hit me up, chris at kieferinktesting.com. I'll guide you. But simply just go on the dealer locator button, find out where they're offered, and enjoy your life. Firepowerparts.com. All right, we're back with the show. Be careful. Big Air Todd is loud at first. So I'm just warning you guys the volume. Level could go down a little bit. He gets hyped up. I appreciate that. But just FYI, Big Air Todd, here we go. All right, Big Air Todd, electric diesel. This is conducive to you.
2: 5'8", 160, 51 years old, groomed ball sack, bleached, oh, ble- so, oh. bleached, bleached brown flour. Really? No. No, not at all. Just kidding. <laughs> entirely joking. Oh, <laughs> oh, wow. I was like, holy crap. in the backseat gasping. <laughs> oh.
0: So, Todd... <laughs>
2: I gotta tell you though, everything that Colton and Joe have said are right on the money about the power delivery, about right away jumping on a bike and feeling comfortable within the first couple laps, and I, that's why I picked the Husqvarna because I did feel comfortable right away on it. I felt like this power delivery was super smooth. I felt the you're like, a 250 guy. I'm a 250 guy. Yeah. So you don't need a lot of hit, right? No, it was it was shot, but it makes power to the ground. It makes traction. I felt like right. It's quiet. I think that's deceiving. The muffler's quiet. I feel like the clutch has it's really super smooth, like crazy hydraulic clutch. I can't believe you'd even say, "Hey, would you go back to a cable clutch?" Really? Like really? That doesn't bother me. Oh well, no, it's I like cable. You got something
0: to say? Hold on, give it. I just. Oh yeah. I'm not. I think it's the future. So, what's the main reason for you picking the Husqvarna over the KTM?
2: I would say the power delivery, I would say the suspension felt softer. And, and you're
0: 150, 160 pounds. 160 pounds? Okay, so I can see that, that makes I, sense. I
2: felt like it settled down in the corners. I felt uh, after a few laps you start getting used to the bike and you feel like it's more predictable. Okay. Um, that's the reason I pick. I felt like the KTM was a little bit more harsh in the power delivery. It was a little more exciting as you guys are saying. And that's really kind of not for me. I don't really want to ride that aggressive. The more aggressive you rode the KTM, the better it felt.
0: Which makes sense. These two guys back here are fairly aggressive riders. Fairly. Yeah. Um, the One thing we didn't touch on, I want to touch on with you, map one, map two, traction control. Did you try both maps? I did not. What'd you? What map
2: were you in? Whatever came stock. Why I the hell wouldn't you try? All track? I all I was con- all I was concentrating on was the suspension all day. Hi, I'm Big Air Todd. I'm with Kiefering Testing. I don't try shit. I was the track was rough. <laughs>
0: Way to I go! I never.
2: I'm just being honest.
0: Okay, so you don't even know what map you're in. No,
2: whatever stock. That's I my started guy. Everybody, t- I started everybody,
0: Big Air Todd. That's my guy here. <laughs> that's my guy. But okay, so
2: throwing me under the bus. No, it's fine. I mean, I gotta call you out. I mean, well, to be honest, I. I try to be fresh on the bike every time I get on it, and yes. I don't want to be tired and beat up and come up with a-
0: Trust me. There's more guys like you, than there is like us that go- I mean, honestly, a lot of people out there listening to this podcast don't even set sag. They don't check what
2: map they're in. They're not pushing any buttons. They just want to go ride. I want to- first and foremost, I ride for fun. Right. So, it's a fun fact. I think Joe uh, touched on that a little bit. Like, if you're not having fun, we're not riding at this age. Absolutely. And I want to be comfortable on the bike and feel safe. I want the bike to feel balanced, and I want it to be predictable. Absolutely. So I felt I felt all those on the Husqvarna. Did you change anything today, Todd? Just suspension settings. You did. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I what did. did you change? <laughs> I uh, s- slowed down the rebound, three clicks. On the Husky? On the KTM. Okay, on the KTM. On the fork. Now we're talking. Yes, I did. Okay. And then I didn't like it. Okay. Slowed down the rebound on the shock as well. Okay. Also, didn't like that. I felt like it packed, and then there was uh, consequences to the packing. It bucked me, Okay. which is kind of scary. Coming down the hills? Coming down the hills. Okay. So I went back to the higher uh, rebound settings, quicker rebound settings, yep. um, and I felt more comfortable. At the end of the day, my first impression on the KTM right away was I didn't like it. Okay. So I did go back and... I liked it more but I ended up still settling on basically the Husqvarna. I will translate what Todd's saying. He's a smaller rider,
0: not, doesn't weigh as much, not as aggressive, wants comfort That's it. out of your bike. I want to be able to ride and here's the deal. You still ride good. Like you ride at a high level for your age. Fifty there's not a lot of fifty year olds that are honestly like I've seen fifty year olds ride, besides Dubach and Kurt Nicolder, I mean you're you're a pretty good rider. Thanks. Even though you don't try shit on motorcycles, I feel like you ride pretty pretty good. Well, he just said he tried different suspension settings and didn't like it, so it was all for now. Oh, yeah, so my guy tried some different suspension settings. <laughs> Thank
2: that. you, Joe. Jeez. What
0: about uh, rider triangle cockpit?
2: That's right away. Like I was saying, I jumped on the Husqvarna in the first few laps. I felt right at home. I felt super comfortable. I felt like the Husqvarna was more balanced. Yeah. It was like the front and I will the, say you and are the correct. rear or were more... Uh, in line with so, each other, there was. Todd more. is
0: correct. the The Husqvarna is softer feeling, but both the fork and shock they move in unison together. There you go, uh, it, and that creates a better balance on the track. Far, Even granted, if it's soft, it's still balanced. They feel. are
2: far more conducive together. Yes.
0: Now <laughs> I asked. I asked uh, Colt and Joe this. You feel the bikes are separated quite a bit. As far as feeling on the track,
2: I would, I do, I, I would buy a Husqvarna. Yes. I felt like it's more another thing. I did feel was more flickable. Okay, more, more felt like I could throw the front end into things, you know, plow through it, so, and the, the rear end would follow the front end. Okay, through things, and would it, there wouldn't be a, a repercussion? It wouldn't be like a rebound. What about or kick? What about brakes? We touched on brakes. Oh yeah, they were so str- I wrote my, in my notes so you guys were talking about it. They felt so progressive and strong unlike the Honda that it feels harsh. Right. Like Colton was saying, like you grab a handful of Honda brake uh-huh. and it, pff, there's there's a, there's a there's not really much in between. It's either on or off.
0: So a not, guy like you, you don't want a lot of buttons on your handlebars. What? You don't want a lot of buttons. I was
2: reaching for the Kickstarter today.
0: Oh, you were? <laughs> no, <I> accidentally. <laughs> wrong wrong bracket, bro. You missed that bracket. Uh, give that to Colt, because I know Colt tried these maps real quick. Uh, map 1, Map 2. Did you try TC? I did. So what did you discover? So uh, Map 1,
1: stock map, that's, uh, you know, stock. Map 1. It works. Yeah. Uh, map 2 is a little more aggressive, which is what I chose. Okay. Uh, I, like we said earlier, I like to ride in that more low RPM. I like that grunt off the bottom. Yep. Uh, so I, I really enjoyed Map 2. And then uh, traction control, I mean. You feel like it works? It works 100%. Okay. 100% it works, but I it's not for me. I, I enjoy that, like we said, that bark, that right. snap right off the bottom. And with traction control, I just felt like it was kind of. Every time I'd go to like really get on the gas or you know clutch it and pop out of a turn early or something like that, I just didn't have enough. You know, it was it was fighting for that traction and I didn't have enough grunt. Did you try
0: uh, maps, Joe? What do you think? Um,
3: now, I did. I tried. Okay, on both I didn't. Bikes. I didn't try. Yeah, I didn't try uh, traction control, but I did okay. do the maps, uh, and I I think both of them I uh, was decided on map two.
0: So since you're a tough ass son of a bitch, yeah. Uh, is is having maps and options on the handlebars important to you, or? Nah.
3: Um, well, it's it's something that you know it's fairly new. I, I mean, I guess they've been around for the last few years, but as far as my whole time riding dirt bikes, it's a fairly new thing. So, like I said, I just deal with whatever. But having those maps, usually when I decide on one, I don't really ever change it. You don't vary from that. No, okay. so.
0: And and I talk about this too Consistency in riding A bike needs to have consistency Good or bad I want to know what it's going to do Everywhere on the track Good or bad If it hits something bad I know where that is on the track I think that's what all of us are searching for as a rider
3: Yeah, for sure That comfort level You know exactly what the bike's going to do
2: I call it predictability
3: Yep Yep
0: Yeah, and I think uh, We're all kind of wired the same way as dirt bikers We find something we like and we stick with that no matter where we go, because we're familiar with it. It's mm-hmm. kind of like being married, Joe. That's true. That's Cole true. Cole will learn one day. He will. Right he's now, learning he's learning. Right now. Yeah. Yes, he will oh, figure good. it out. And we're that's gonna, good. That's a whole other podcast. But I feel like yeah, it's probably a whole other. Twenty-four years old. He has no idea yet.
3: Well, I don't think he should. He doesn't have that consistency. He needs to keep trying things. Yes. He needs to be unlike Todd in that sense. Yes. And try things every day until right. he figures out what he likes. Right. And then you find that it's kind of like testing yes getting married being in relationships like testing
0: you're only as good as what you try smart old test driver told me back in the day can you guess who that was duboc yep yeah he's like hey man you're only as good as what you try yeah and that phrase always stuck with me throughout my whole life so when i got comfortable i'm like i gotta try something else i can always go back but
3: i don't think todd ever got that
2: (laughs) (laughs) i'm pretty sure duboc manscapes (laughs)
0: Dubak wears Dubak wears bikini briefs, dude I went to his 40th birthday party No lie Homeboy is in the back of his van Before we had like Went riding before his birthday party I'm like, what are you wearing, dude? It's a mankini That's what he rides in My dad still
1: wears
0: those Really? (laughs) No, I'm not talking about like Tiny dude I'm talking about like Almost string style Banana on On the side Like French
3: Yeah, he does He's He's got a tough ass, tough, thick skin. <laughs> uh-huh. He's an older guy. He doesn't need any any material You're me on him. You've
0: never shaved anything in your whole life. Oh, oh yeah, oh okay. yeah. I went
3: through that phase, but okay. I ain't got time for that shit anymore. Okay, all right. God damn. No it. time.
0: All right. It's not all right. The 80s, though. I know. All right. Well, KTM wins today. Anything, guys? You want to add anybody? Anybody going once? Going no, twice? no. So KTM moves on. Next week, we will be doing. We talked about this earlier. I'm going to put three bikes in a final bracket. Uh, obviously, no sense to mess around. We don't want to drag this thing out. So next week, Yamaha versus Kawasaki versus KTM. And then I think what I'm going to do is put another three bikes after we collect the top three. We're going to have the last three fight for fourth, fifth, and sixth. That's what we're going to do because everyone wants a ranking. You know, that's this day and age, i got to have a number. we got to have a number on it. Uh, real quick, does the price scare you on these bikes? They're a little bit more expensive. When you, How I much want to ask keeper? you something, Colt. Why do you choose to ride a Honda? And this is, well. a great, I mean, because you ro- you rode Yamahas mm-hmm. and you rode, and then you are on a Honda now.
1: Yeah, um, I rode Yamahas and I really liked them. Actually, when a lot of people didn't back in two thousand like twelve and thirteen.
0: Oh yeah, that's horrible. Man. And
1: then uh, twenty fourteen Yamaha, man, I just couldn't drive with it. So then I switched, and at that point, I just wanted to go back to something that I knew I liked, and I always liked Honda just the just the way they feel there's there's just something different about a Honda I mean I think everybody kind of
0: someone f- said hey man I want to get you some KTMs I want you to race KTMs next year you have no problem with that
1: I'd be open to it for sure okay yeah actually you know I was thinking that while I was riding today I'm like man this thing's stock and it's it's pretty damn good like right. I, I could I could consider racing
2: it for sure
0: right Todd you buy your bike still you still do your stuff I
2: don't I don't know what they retail for. What do they retail for? Uh,
0: high ten, and I think uh, other bikes are in the nines. So maybe five to seven hundred dollars more. I don't know. Maybe a grand. Let's say grand. How
2: much are bicycles?
0: Yeah, you're a bicycle guy. It's yeah. eight grand for a good bike. Right? Ten
2: grand for a a bicycle. Right. Mountain bikes are five six grand. I don't do know. I think, think it's actually for what you get. I don't know. I don't know if it's are that you a four bad. stroke guy, or two stroke guy. I have both. What do you like better? It depends. Like a trail ride with a two stroke. For sure. Do you think four
0: strokes are killing our sport? Yes or no?
2: I think they've killed and damaged a lot of people. Right. And, uh, I think every kid should have a, like a mandatory time to ride a 125 just to learn My kids ride m- 125
0: right now. Because Momentum.
2: <clears throat> I mean, it's not mandatory. It's not uh, Not living in a socialist well, society. And that's
0: another thing good about KTM and Husqvarna is they still make two strokes. <clears throat> uh, they make a wide variety of bikes. They've come a long way as a company, both, especially Husqvarna, in the past few years. They've come a long way. So I, I never thought I would be riding or purchasing a
2: Husqvarna. Beto said he was going to take away your two strokes. Who the hell's Beto? Never mind. Who the hell's Beto? Beto. Never mind. It's a joke. Political joke. Political joke. All right. <laughs> Beto O'Rourke. Oh yeah. Presidential candidate. Oh, okay. All right, guys. That's Jesus the bracket. KTM Kiefer.
0: Moves on. I'm sorry. I, I don't keep up politics. I try to steer clear from that. It's too much for me. Um, KTM, Colt, Joe, KTM.
2: Yeah, but Joe was on the fence a little bit too. Yeah, dude, almost. Host he Hus- was he was close water, right? to the Husqvarna. Was close.
0: So, close. afternoon session kind of did it for you. Yeah, I was
3: able to make some adjustments, and then I was able to make a few adjustments on the KTM and got more comfortable at speed and in the areas where I wasn't, mm-hmm. and then that kind of made it the comfort level got up there with the husky and then the the motor kind of put it over the top for me so
0: all right guys if you have any questions about this bracket or any of these bikes that we talked about chris at key give me a couple days i'll get back to you i'll answer your questions make sure enough information is inside of that email because some of you guys ask me really vague questions and i can't answer your question so if i don't answer your email either a when I hit send to send back to you, it's not working, or B, it's just lame and I'm out. So I don't got time. Give me some intelligent questions and I'll get you an answer. So, all right, thanks for joining me. We'll see you guys next week for the top three. I think you guys in next week? I think we we'll am going to have five guys, three bikes. Sound good? Okay. Okay. Thank you guys. Bye.